different polis of Athens and Sparta, which resulted finally a bit after the war, though the war was an immense contributing factor, in something close to the political collapse of both Athens and Sparta as first-rate political powers. Finally, who succeeded them in the end? In the short term, it was Alexander and the Macedonians, but ultimately it was Rome. And we'll take a look at the war which made of Rome the dominant Mediterranean power, the dominant power of the Western world, a position which it would go on to hold for well more than half a millennium. And that is the series of Punic Wars against the North African trading city and empire of Carthage. These last the bloodiest and costliest and in some sense most highly contested wars of antiquity and indeed at least arguably until the 20th century. Our format in this lecture will be first to take a look at exactly how a series of wars which happened at least 2,000 years ago can be said to have made the Western world. We'll then take a look at our sources for the first of these conflicts that we're going to address, the Persian Wars, and then we'll take a look at the players, sort of a lineup card to see what the Persian Empire was like and where it came from, and we'll at least begin to discuss what the Greek polis were like as well. Well, it's not self-evident, to put it mildly, how a series of events that took place at the earliest, what, 2100 plus years ago, can be said to have a continuing, and not just continuing, but indeed a decisive, a decisive effect on how we conceive of ourselves now. How can such a thing be? How did they make the Western world? Well, the answer to that as I see it, is not only did the wars determine who was going to dominate the Mediterranean cultural hearth, which is where Western culture ultimately comes from, also they represent the occasion when a self-conscious sense of cultural difference and this has its toxic side effects, no doubt about it, as we are well aware now. But nonetheless, a sense of cultural difference, a sense that we are not just because we're us, but because our way of life is different, because what we focus on is different. For all sorts of reasons, we are different from, the West is different from, we Hellenes, ultimately we Greco-Romans, ultimately we Westerners, are different from, in what we value, those who are outside the line. Again, this is a kind of a vexatious concept. It goes back, not to get too fancy about it, as far as I can tell to the Prussian philosopher of the early 19th century, who has the wonderful name of Georg Friedrich Wilhelm Hegel. Hegel lecturing at uh, Berlin, who claims that we define who we are by differentiating ourselves from another, from somebody else. To take an obvious example, we look at, say, a cat and say, well, I don't have fur, I don't purr, I sometimes like to eat vegetables, um, 
a whole series of differences. Hence, I am not a cat, much as I might like cats. In a more highly loaded cultural context, the West looks at people outside the boundaries of what's conceived as the West and says, well, gee, you know, what? They practice human sacrifice, which in fact, the Persians didn't, but the Phoenicians did, and regularly. They do X, Y, or Z, whatever it may be. They are not like us. And of course, in every case ever known to me, you can think back to various Western movies of the past 20 years, which show things from the Native American side. And of course, Native Americans don't call themselves Indians, but call themselves in pretty much all known instances, something which translates as the human beings or us or the nice people and the outsiders in most cultures have names that mean something like the stinkers or the hairy people. Or